Hey y'all, it's your girl, Joy Leah, and welcome to my podcast, Backstage with Joy Leah. Today, we are going to be talking to one of the funniest men I know right now, Mr. Jahi Pope, better known to me as Detroit Black. He is going to basically tell us a little bit about his new venture when it comes to being in the comedy world. Now, yo, like I said, He's one of the funniest guys I know, so I don't know what took us so long. But we are going to talk about his new role, being a comic, some of the people that he's been working with, and just everything in the comedian world, y'all. I'm not really big at it, but we are going to learn today how he got involved and everything about it. So you guys just sit back, listen up, and enjoy this podcast. Hey y'all, again, welcome to Backstage with Joy Leah. Today, again, we are going to be talking to Mr. Jahi Pope about his new venture when it comes to being a comedian and in the comic world. And the fact that he's doing this right now with COVID going on, I think it really brought it out of him. So, Jahi, <laughs> Detroit Black, how you doing? I'm good. What up, though, Joy? What's up? It's been a while, you know, but glad that you was able to grace my podcast. I really appreciate it. I know you're a busy man. You got a full family over there. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you know, from Detroit, as the name says, been down in Atlanta for about 20 years now. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. And never left. Love it down here. Right. Started a family and all that. It's easier to stay down here than go back. Back to where I was from or back to where my wife was from. Ain't nobody trying to start over as an adult. (laughs) Especially when you've been down here. Uh (laughs) It ain't nothing like the A. I ain't even gonna lie. (laughs) And Detroit is cold. Okay. It's real cold up there. Like, that's why I had to leave. Like, don't miss none of them winters. Hell no. For real, it's like, like Chicago. It's like, man, what what I'm going back for? What, what, right. like, I come visit y'all. I know, right? Y'all would probably rather come visit me. Hello. For real, you ain't lying about that. Now, Black, how did you get into the comedy world? How did you get into that? All right, so I've always enjoyed comedy. Yes. And I've always felt like I was, you know, kind of funny. <laughs> During this COVID time, I lost a few friends, okay. a few family members during that time. And from losing those individuals, it sparked something within myself to where it was like, tomorrow's not promised. Mm. You need to go ahead and do what it is that you want to do, what makes you happy, what fulfills you. Right now, why wait? You're right. Bad, bad jokes for the longest to where it's like I'm entertaining one person crowds where I'm just talking with my friends or <laughs> shooting the shit, and it's like take that to the next level. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yep, you're right about that. So, you know, being a comedian, I'm not, you know, 
really, I would, I, I love comedians, you know, I watch them, but I don't know really how they study and how they do their art. I, I have heard, you know, them say like tragedy produces comedy and, you know, stuff like that. But what is the art behind this, you know, being a comedian? Like, cause you said you already was chopping it up. Like, are you now, do you have to like write stuff down? Remember lines? Like, how does that actually go? Yeah, so the way that I've been approaching comedy, I'm approaching it as a job. Okay. Like, it's a business aspect to it that I didn't take into consideration before. Like, you think any comic can just get up there and start talking and everything is just flowing and going? All conversations don't go like that. Right. So as a comic, you kind of got to set your stuff a little Hold on, y'all. Having a little technical difficulty. Going through some things, and my perspective, my perception on how those things occurred is what I'm relaying to people. And when I relay that information, it, it just gets last. You, get you always I'm got the last. Trying to be funny, right? Like, <laughs> That's what I'm I said. Trying to tell you the story of what happened, and you, and you just tell it in a way. I'm guessing that is very comical because I remember some of the stories you used to tell. You and Gerald, y'all was crazy. Yeah, I mean, especially you, Black. You always had the, the rebuttal jokes, I would say. So, like, what inspires you to be creative and, you know, I mean, give you these jokes and stuff like that, even as a, as a young guy? Uh, well, you were saying tragedy. It's comedy and tragedy. It's always been something for me to where... My mind is always racing. I'm always thinking about something, always thinking about the funny. And that's, you know, it, it hasn't always been good for me. Like, I, I was self-diagnosed with uh, ILS, and that's inappropriate laughing syndrome. <laughs> uh, turns out that that's actually a real thing. I made that shit up, like, 15 years ago, and then I saw a commercial talking about the youth suffer. Okay. They don't call it inappropriate laughing syndrome, but that's it's the same shit. <laughs> like, nigga, I can't be serious at serious moments. Right. And it's like that. It's not that it wasn't beneficial to me as a child. It's like, oh, you need to be serious, but shit, as an adult, they rocking with it. Right. That's true. I think I may have that because I have a problem being serious, especially as a kid and as an adult. You know, I be. Like funerals, I'm the worst at it. Like I'm the, I be trying. Like I'll cry. Trust me, I'm a cry. But then right after the cry, I'll be like, look at her. Why she wet it? Like, <laughs> uh, like why they put her in there? <laughs> and it's crazy because it's like my kids, they got it too. And they got it honest, but it's like I be wanting to discipline them. But then it's like, oh shit, I see that laugh about to come out. They face. okay? They can't take they you serious, right? <laughs> And then they be, I bet you your kids be performing too, like, like it's worse than what it is. And it's like, it ain't even that worse. <laughs> right. Like, you want to jump and flip, but you didn't really get, so I got multiple sclerosis and I can't do a lot of moving as far as running and chasing after. 
Mm-hmm. Little one, my two-year-old. She knows that, and she uses that shit to hurt her damn head. Like, I'm like, come here. Go get a spanking. Mm, nah, you're going to have to chase me for that one. You're going to this ass, you're going to have to catch me. You're going to have to put in the work, and I know you ain't going to catch me. So I'm going right. to keep doing what I'm doing. <laughs> now that's yeah, funny. She trying. Now that's cute. That is really cute. Now look, the comedians that you look up to, who are some that like inspire you or the ones that you look to the most style wise? So I look at Dave Chappelle's style and Kevin Hart's style as far as how they tell their life story. Okay. And they speak, you know what I'm saying? They speak from their experiences and then their jokes really come from their experiences. Right. And that's pretty much the style that I'm trying to uh, adapt my comedy to. Okay. Uh, Chris set it off I fuck with him and his comedy. Like, that's one of the comedians that, like, I know personally. Uh-huh. And he assisted me with getting off the porch. Like, I went and saw a couple of his shows and was telling him about, you know, my thoughts to get into comedy and take comedy serious. Mm-hmm. And you're like, Black, you should have been did this shit. I and mean, seriously. Like, <laughs> You you inspiring other people, yo, because you should have really like you been funny since Morehouse. You was hilarious as hell. We used to sit in that room and joke all day, and it was funny jokes. It wasn't even like like shites. You remember them day? That shit uh-huh. used to be funny. I mean, and you had a lot of energy then too. So yeah. <laughs> y'all used to be wilding. So. Um, the guy, um, he, he basically told you like, he, he basically was like in your corner. It sounds like, like, no, you should do it. You should have been do it. Uh, so, uh, in addition to Chris, Damien, Mr. Inappropriate Clark. Okay. This guy has really assisted me with getting my shit together as far as comedy. Like I had the jokes, I had the material. But he assisted me with forming it better for longer sets, bigger laughs, uh, you know, more of the comical presentation to me. Oh. Like, actually worked with me, sat down, and massaged the jokes out and the material out to where my presentation is getting better every time I hit that stage. Okay. So... This is just a personal question. Were, when you first, your first show, okay, was you scared? I wasn't scared of performing. My scare or my nervous comes from, like, physically having an issue. Mm-hmm. Like, with MS, the shit is unpredictable. Body gets to locking up whenever it wants. Okay. If my legs get to locking up while I'm trying to walk or do a move or something, and then I fall. Or, you know, have an issue like I got to go to the bathroom, but I can't make it to the bathroom in time mm-hmm. while I'm on stage or some shit like that. Like, those kind of thoughts run in my head, and that has me more nervous than anything. And then it's like, well, shit, 
They gonna laugh at that one. Laugh you want it, but shit, nigga, you came up here for the laugh. Look, you lock up on that stage and fall out. <laughs> Show's over. <laughs> but no, seriously. So okay, so so right now you so silly laying down. You so, <laughs> hell no. So so right now you're doing probably like you know not very long shows like you know the move like. Run, tell that, stuff like that, like how they be yeah, up there for like an hour and a half. I doing specials or nothing right now. Right now I'm doing five, ten minute sets. Okay. And I'm expanding my sets every time I go, you know, hitting them with different stuff, different places that I go to. Like, I've, I've done the most times, I've got on stage most times at Uptown Comedy Corner. Okay. Okay, yeah, I've, I've been to that one down there. Um yeah. My girlfriend, Red Assassin, she she always be down there when she comes to Atlanta. But she, I think she she from Chicago, but I think she based out of New York. So yeah, I was gonna ask that next. Like, so are you traveling? Is this just an Atlanta thing right now, or? So I actually did one show out of town. Did my first show out of town uh, Valentine's Day weekend. I went to Nashville. Okay. And I did a Out East Comedy Club. It was cool. Like. I'm I'm going wherever they have me. See, you're looking forward. Material off, yeah. I'm hungry right now. So, anybody that want to hear these jokes, want to hear this material, got a stage for the boy. Let me know. (laughs) You said I'm there. Look, y'all need some. Y'all need anybody? Y'all having a show? I'm there. So, how's the family taking this new? Um, venture and everything you're doing? Because I mean, I see. I I ain't even gonna lie. I in the next. Five, three to five years, my boy gonna be doing movies and stuff. So, how's the family gonna be? How they're taking your newfound love? I would say. Well, I I feel like they're taking it in stride because okay. my kids they're like, oh, daddy's a comedian, so now they automatically think that they're funny, <laughs> which they are. But then it's like, well, shit, now they trying to run material and run jokes on me. Like, all right, man, I love you, but I do. I tell your ass up. Little ass (laughs) feelings. Like, I had my kid crying up. My son, my oldest, he tried to make a little joke talking about my mustache. It was like, all right, that's cool. I'll let you have that. He kept coming at me. Kept fucking with me. All the mustache, the mustache. All right. He did it one last time, and then I just cut into him with two jokes. And at first, everybody was laughing. And then once he thought about what I said and internalized it, that nigga started crying like, oh, man, wait, that, that really hurt. You're really mean. I told you I was mean. You thought it was funny. Stop. Leave me alone. Just go. Just go that way. Because if you come over here trying to get this smoke. You said, I'm a D.L. Hughley, you. <laughs> you know, used to be cutting folks up. Oh, you got your one joke. I got 22 jokes for your ass and going to tear your ass up. You better come with some more jokes. That And that be the, that be the thing about folks. They had a one little joke, and it be it. They want to hit you with that. And then you had to remind them, but you bald-headed, you broke your tooth, your mama. <laughs> you know, I'm going to have to 
Your mama <laughs> walk up. <laughs> you said, eh, you say. <laughs> but as far as uh, my wife, she, she has been a rider of riders. I know. Like, she has done everything from assisting me with writing jokes and material, letting me know, like, mm, nah, that shit ain't that funny. <laughs> you might want to work on something else to finding out, alright, uh, this spot got an open uh, mic, this spot got stage time, they said you can get on here, just go down there. You need, you need another set to go practice? Alright, let me find. And she's done that shit. Wow. She's made it out to multiple shows, you know what I'm saying? In, in addition to running our household, our tax company, our trucking company, she still finds time to, to help you out. with my dreams. Yeah. Now that's tight. Now that's tight. And yeah. she's, she, I like her. She's always been, had your back. So that is beautiful. And I mean, you guys are running, you know, a multi, you know, business over there. That's, that helps her household out the most. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It lets her focus on what she want to do. You go to be the entertainer. I'm going to make sure these checks come in and come in correctly. I heard yeah. that. And she went to Spelman. So smart yeah, girl. Shout out. shout out to HBCU. So she was always a smart girl, so I ain't mad at her. She said, we're going to do this. We're going we gonna to get this Oscar. <laughs> mm-hmm. So where do you see yourself, like, in the next five years when it comes to, um, you know, being in the comedian industry, <laughs> if that's a word? <laughs> uh, right. I, I see myself, I want to do movies. Okay. I want to do voiceover work. Okay. So, anything, like, because I feel like, Right now in my life, voiceover work is something that's really in my lane. Like, like I said, um, my mobility has been altered, but this mouth, uh, <laughs> this mouth ain't been touched. Like, <laughs> I, I can talk that shit. Okay. So that's that in five years, or hopefully sooner than that. Right. I see myself you know, uh, getting in movies. Or probably, shoot, doing your own thing, you know, doing your own little stuff because, I mean, you're very talented. I'm I'm glad. Like, when I saw that you was doing comedian, I'm like, wow, like, what? I'm like, buddy, what took him so long? The man been funny forever. But you, you're in your own lane, and you're in yeah. a good lane that I think you will be very, very successful in. You know, you got your own business, not like you have – a regular nine to five, you could do your thing at night. Oh, you doing that too? I'm a legal coordinator for uh, a couple of court television shows. And I got an Emmy off of that shit. Oh, for I didn't know you were still working. I thought you had your businesses and doing your own thing. Multiple streams of income, y'all. Okay, that's what it sounds like over there. You gotta have it coming in so that you can take your dreams and do what you want to do. Now that's you true. Can't live for free out here. Now that is true, and. That's a good idea. Actually, do what you got to do so you can live your dreams. You got to do this. And then, you know what? From what you said, from where you're working at, that sounds like it could connect with what you're trying to do in the comedian world. Yeah. So, with what I do as far as the television shows that I work for, the four TV shows, I'm networking with other individuals who are in the industry or in the television and film industry to where it's like, okay, they hear something about something, 
they are more inclined to let me know about it because as big as the television and film industry is, it's it's very small and tight knit. Okay. When it comes to getting on different projects, it's about who you know. You could have the illest resume in the world, but if the hiring uh production manager don't know you or don't know of you, right, it don't you ain't gonna get the spot. And you could be a piss poor ass person with no credentials, but you best friends with the hiring manager and you won't. Wow. Okay. Now that's good to know. So who you know? Look, 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 look at me. Look, who you, what, what studio you at? Who you know? I'm trying to get on the little scene too. Like, <laughs> no, for real. Who, who have you been working with? Cause I, you just said you want an Emmy for that. Like what television shows and stuff have you been working with? younger girl i haven't watched it in a while yeah it's a new girl well so is that in atlanta they take those out here yep i didn't know that everything is taped out here now yeah atlanta is big for that television and film industry like it's growing bigger it's it's coming more of a a regular hollywood than the black hollywood as they were trying to right i mean it's already black hollywood out here but it's in my opinion, getting more mainstream attention yeah. because of the tax credits and exemptions that they mm-hmm. get, yeah. that they have out here, and the weather. You got to take that into consideration. Yeah. The beautiful scenery, you know, the the I think black um, movie put Atlanta on the map, but now that they got the UPNs and all these places moving down here, these. These white folks is like, shoot, we can get up and go right up in Buford and take, you know, like, because it's just as nice as the palm trees in Hollywood. It's probably even nicer. The sun probably shine a little brighter, but I heard it shine real, real bright in Cali, though. It's really, really yeah, nice. It does. <laughs> yeah, it does. It's because the water out there, the way the sun hit the water and then the water, reflection <laughs> coming out to the city. You're so silly. I believe that. I got to get there one day. But, okay, so right now, um, the comedians, I would say right now, compared to the comedians back in the day, you know, I want to know who's funnier and, you know, from back in the day, who is one, I mean, back in the day, not, you know, not. Uh, So, I'm a comic view nigga. Okay. I grew up on that comic view heavy. Me too. Staying up late at night. Yep. To watch Comic View, and then that shit going to BET Uncut. And <laughs> it's all. Yeah, <laughs> Not that you had to get up. <laughs> so for me, Comic View, that era, Comic View, Def Comedy Jam, mm. those comics, they they do it for me. Okay. Because they actually had jokes. Mm-hmm. A lot of day uh, nowadays, I find that a lot of the comics. They don't have jokes okay, or material that I personally find funny. Now, it's a lot of people that, you know, they, they like these skits that 
the comics now are doing well. The individuals that are, shit, I don't, I don't want to just throw the term comic around all willy nilly mm-hmm. because it's like shit. You get on your phone, go into Walmart, and start you know just tech, knocking shit off the counter and shaking around. That's <laughs> not comic, like nigga. You silly. Yeah, you silly. But you ain't no comic. Nigga. Gotcha. That, that and that's what I do notice know. when I go to some of them comedy shows. That's what they do. Yeah, that, that's that's kind of the wave now. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you actually have material and jokes, like nigga, you are setting yourself apart from everybody else just off the strength of having that. Yeah, I think they're doing that because you know with Instagram. And these social media platforms, that's what they do to be funny, to get the following. And that yeah. you, it's one thing when you're doing a little one-minute skit on Instagram and you being funny for that one little minute, you can fall out, do whatever, get hit by a car, whatever. But to be up there for 10, 15 minutes. It's a whole different animal. It's I've, a whole different animal. It's, it's a different animal to be in front of people and speak. Period. Like, I've always been comfortable mm-hmm. being on the stage, having the microphone, being in front of people, but that came from singing. Right. Okay. I forgot you did know how to sing. Like, yeah, do so, you be singing? Yeah, I'll be singing. <laughs> I'll be singing. <laughs> you be impersonating. <laughs> Hell no. I'm really early in my uh, comedy career, so. I feel as though a lot of my material that I think is personally funny, I haven't even really got into yet. Oh, okay. So you got more to come. You got a lot more to come. We just scratching the surface on this. Man, I'm so proud of you, man. I'm so glad that you tapped into that. Tap, tap, tap in because I'm serious. Like, to just be naturally funny is one thing, like you said, but to actually horn into it and cultivate it and make it into an actual, like you said, comedian presentation, that seems like it's hard but easy. You know, it seems like it's hard, you know, but the presenting part is probably easy, but gathering and getting it together in the Uh right materials seems like what is really hard. You know, that part. I I sit and write material and, like, pretty much two jokes a day. But then, as I'm writing two jokes a day, it's like, okay, nigga, you got 60 jokes over here. <laughs> put it together. Cut and paste. Put it together to form a complete conversation okay. or a complete thought. Because I feel like when I'm getting on the stage, it's me having a conversation with the audience. But they don't get a chance to say anything back. They get a chance to respond in laughter okay. to let me know that the conversation is going and flowing. Okay. All right. So with you, you know, being black and being in the comedian world, um, how can I say this? Because laughter is something that us black people, you know, like you said, comic view, all them shows, you know, the white folks, they got their stuff too. But we been really into this whole comedy thing for years. In the black community, why? What? What makes laughter so important to you? It's it's therapy. It's therapy for real. Like to find a way 
to smile or laugh or find some type of joy when all the crazy uh, chaotic shit that goes on in the world mm-hmm. like, and us as black people we've been had it hard like we've had hard issues or hard times since well yeah. so to find something that makes you laugh or smile it takes your mind away from that depression of hard times right even if it is for 10, 15, 20 minutes, you yeah. know, it's, it, it does release a lot of stress in some mm-hmm. cases. That's that's probably why we was watching it as kids so much because it, it wasn't just funny. It was, like, very, very entertaining, put you to sleep type uh-huh. stuff, you know, especially back in the day. So, you know, we basically talked about, you know, everything that you got going on, you know what I'm saying, We've talked about, you know, you know, being black and everything like that. What do you want to leave the next generation? Because we are, we, before we got on here, we said we was old. He don't want to think he old. Well, he old. <laughs> what, what would you like to leave the next generation coming up behind you? You know, comedically, however you want to do it. What would you like to leave them, your kids? I would want to leave them the... The knowledge of being fearless. Okay. Just go out there, pursue your dreams and your hopes and aspirations, regardless of what you think the outcome might be. Just take that first step, because a lot of people don't take that first step based off of that fear that paralyzes them. Mm. And some people don't realize that even a baby step is a step. Mm. And you got to take those little steps in order to build up to those big steps. Right. Like, You're right. I would want the future generation to know through me that this shit is possible. Okay. You just got to start making steps towards it. Yeah. Like shit. I didn't start doing this until after, years after my diagnosis and my health started kind of deteriorating a little bit. Wow. Where it's like, shit. And I did this years ago. I could have possibly been doing the physical Instagram comedy type shit, but <laughs> that ain't for me. What's for you is meant for you, and can't nobody else take that shit. It's you right. Now you right about that. What's for you is for you. And even if you get to it at a later time in life, it's still for you. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Some people get it early. Some people get it late. But what's, what, what God has for you is for you. So I'm glad, like I said, that you have finally you know, tapped into that. I mean, we definitely going to be coming to your shows. You you got to post more. You be posting at the show. Like, no, we want to know ahead of time when the show is. You like, oh, we here. Like, no, you need, you need, you need to get, put your flyers up and stuff like that. So more people can go because I'm like, where's the show? He's at the end of the show. Like, and he posting so it now. Things that let me know that I'm an old man. Cause my posting game, <laughs> On social media is subpar, to say the least. Yeah, trying you, to get better, though. Let you, you know what? That's tapping to them kids with that. I'm telling you. They'll help you with that. Because they will record it and put the words on it. You'll be like, wow, how do you you can do all this, but you can't wash these dishes? You know what I'm saying? Right, but right. I'm telling you, that's how Savannah is. It's like, you done put the music on this, done made a whole movie, but you can't come in here and mop this floor. 
the hell is going on? You know what I'm saying? But tap into them kids. They can really help you with the posting portion because that's all they do. They love doing that. And, yeah, you kind of old if you ain't. Come on, that black. (laughs) So how do people get in contact with you? Uh, they can get in contact with me uh, through Instagram at Detroit Black 313. You can email me. It's my email. I just, <laughs> not, my, uh, not my personal email. I just opened up a whole nother one. He said, not the one I trying gave you. Th- <laughs> yeah, yeah. Trying to think of what it is, though. Said, don't be bothering me. That's for the bills. Yeah. <laughs> That's where the money reside. I ain't got time to be back with y'all. Uh, email is poke, P-O-L-K, dot Detroit Black 313 at Gmail. Okay. Poke dot Detroit Black 313, 313. at com. Y'all yep. better poke at Detroit Black here now because he out here. He's out here in yep. Atlanta doing his thing. As of right now, it's early, so number is low, <laughs> but as soon, as soon as I get a picture or get on stage with somebody that's going to blow this shit up, okay. the ticket is going all the way up. You said, Tyler Perry, call me, it's, uh, uh-huh. it's $25,000, I need like this. Uh, <laughs> I ain't telling the joke. You said, you better get that's me now time. while it's early, because the minute, the minute Ice Cube called me, it's over for you hoes, like, <laughs> next, the first time I'm on the Friday the 4th. It's over for you hoes, I promise you. Well, I kid you not, this has been an experience, Black. I really appreciate you taking out the time. I told you it wasn't going to be too long. I just really want to get into and tap into what you got going on because you are hilarious, okay? I appreciate And you have always been funny. And you always have a smile on your face. And you always, like, everything that you just explained, what you're going through, you would never know. You know what I'm saying? That you are going through that because you always are welcoming, have a smile, and you're funny. So you always it seems like you're always approachable. But you know, you just stay on the course that you're going. I see great things for you. You know what I'm saying, and great things for the family because you've always had that type of mindset. I would say, you know, you're a committed man. My boy been married for what twelve years, fifteen? How long you been married? Been married ten. Been together for 15. Yes, the boy is committed. The boy has always been like that. And I've always admired that about you and, you know, your family and everything. I think it's beautiful. But, again, you guys, I really appreciate you guys for listening to the podcast. Again, you can always contact me, Joy Leah, on Instagram, at Joy Leah. Or you can email me at joyleahp at gmail.com. Again, appreciate you, Black. Detroit Black Jahi Hope was in the building. Let me just get some effects going right now because I am so happy that. Oh, oh, ow, bow, bow. Look how the little kids be doing. It's a little dance, a little bow. <laughs> but again, Black, thank you so much for taking the time out, being on my podcast. You guys have a wonderful night. And thank y'all for listening to Backstage with Joy Leah. Thank you.